So, you know, naturally, I think any cool NFL podcast this week must talk about the big matchup. You know, the biggest matchup this week. And um, we're going to talk about bounce back performances in a second because I'm going to scare these guys because I went ahead of myself here. But let's let's talk about the matchup that we haven't been given enough time to. Bryce Young, CJ Stroud this week. We haven't really been talking about these guys all year. But if you look at Mark starting off with this battle, rookie quarterbacks in game started this season. CJ Stroud is second with a 96.4 rating by Bryce Young, 78.7 across the season so far. And it's funny because they're not the only guys that are playing with each other this weekend that have some history. Um, Texans defensive end, Will Anderson, Christian Harris, John Mechie, Handy Toto, and the Panthers quarterback, Bryce Young. They all played together in Alabama for a year in 2020, so it's not just the quarterbacks. But it's been a really sort of interesting start to the season for both teams. And it's a big matchup this weekend for both teams as well, Mark. Just what are your thoughts on... CJ Stride and Bryce Young as we're coming into now the second half of a regular season after this week. I feel like it's going to be like a case study that we're going to talk about again in the off season about like the fortunes of the draft. Like they trade up the Panthers for the first overall pick for a guy that doesn't look half as good as the guy that they left on the board, CJ Stroud. And it's like, it goes to show that it takes a massive bit of luck and the perfect situation, but it's like CJ Stroud, you see all these posts anytime you go into social, ranking him probably as a top 10 quarterback at the moment. He certainly looks like that, and it goes to show what a quarterback can do for the organization because I know we've talked about the likes of Tank Dell and that over the last few weeks, that like Houston has just been able to turn it around. And we're always just taking it for granted that CJ Stroud has worked out because he's picked his high, but obviously Bryce Young went ahead of him and wasn't as decent. Um yeah, I, I think it's really interesting. I think it's they're going in two polar opposite ways. But the Houston Texans, I haven't ruled them out of being like one of these really tough teams down the stretch. Like as a Cardinals fan, because they own the the, the Houston Texans first round pick next year, I was really hoping that would be a top five. Not a chance. Probably won't even be top 10. Might not even be top 15. I think the, the Texans are on the right course right now. They're And they're a fun team to watch, which is uh, nice to say about a team that we haven't been able to watch for maybe six or seven years. Not since Bill O'Brien brought them to the playoffs. Jason, Mark's saying that two teams going in different directions. Do you agree with that? I do. Yeah, well, true seven weeks. And I will emphasize these two quarterbacks are very early in their careers. I don't want to say anything that's going to make me look like an absolute imbecile in a couple of years' time. Um, but, yeah, look, I think when you have CJ Stroud playing as well as he is, it is probably making some of the criticism on Bryce Young a bit unfair. He hasn't been terrible by any means. You know, he's, he hasn't won them games. Clearly, they haven't won any games, but um, he just hasn't done a lot to, to drive things forward. He's lacking that weapon. We talked about talked about him a while ago, needing a receiver. And you see DJ Moore in Chicago absolutely lighting it up. So Bryce Young could actually use a player like DJ Moore right now. But I think really the story for me is just how high expectations are on rookie quarterbacks these days. It's probably really driven by seasons back in 2011, 2012, which are... Cam Newtons and Andrew Locks, who just came, burst right out the scene and broke all sorts of rookie passing records right from the start. And now we have this kind of expectation where a rookie quarterback should come in, lead a franchise, and just be a you know a franchise type player from day one. Previously, we've seen it can take time. You always hear about the Peyton Manning story of 
having 30 so interceptions his first season, whatever it was. Uh, Aaron Rodgers sat for a few a few years. Patrick Holmes sat for a year as well, a more recent example. I think we should just take it easy on a guy like Bryce Lum, who was picked by a team who had the number one pick for a reason last year. Um, well, no, they actually traded up to get that, so that makes no sense. But yeah, they're, they're not exactly a good team right now, and it's not a good situation to be in for a young quarterback. I do kind of wonder, though, there's been a few rumours that Frank Reich perhaps was not 100% behind that Bryce Young pick. Um, whether that was truly the guy they wanted or whether it came from higher up in the organisation, I don't know. Uh, just absolutely guessing um, with those rumours. But um, play through seven weeks definitely indicates that CJ Stroud is the guy. But things could change. Look, it's, it's still really early. Yeah, you have to think that David Tepper, the owner, was part of that because he wants everything now. Like, obviously, he's only bought it there a couple of years ago, three years ago now, is it? And he wants everything now and has shown no patience. I think it's kind of a weird situation there for the for the Panthers. They wanted a new owner. They got one who is certainly meddling. It's a fun relationship to watch, actually, yeah. that, that CJ Young or CJ Stroud and Bryce Young. They're good friends going back to college they, Share the same trainer. I know they were working out together a lot coming up to the draft. And there was clips of them celebrating each other's draft picks. So I don't think it's going to be a head-to-head rivalry of first pick, second pick. It's cool to see two of these guys and two good friends in the NFL living their dream. Uh, one of them's doing a bit better early on, but there's plenty of time for the other to catch up. Time will tell how, how, how they get on. We'll be sitting here right. ball in five years talking about it, boys. Do we have some uh, breaking news? We do have some breaking news. Look at you with your notifications all Mark, on your phone. Not, not even. I Not even, but uh, Brock Purdy is in concussion protocol. Wow. He is. That could be the, that could be the beginning of um, a very rocky Was that time. a quarterback sneak? He took a hit on a quarterback sneak last week, and then some people were saying that could have been part of the reason for those two interceptions towards the end. That's interesting. Yeah, that's... Um, yeah, that's massive. I mean, we won't go into it. We, If you want to hear our thoughts on the 49ers, we cover that with James Gehill on Scale on the NFL on the Tuesday, po- uh, the Wednesday podcast. But um, yeah, that is a rocky rope or a rocky road that we could be perhaps going down if Sam Darnold plays really well. I'm really excited to see that play out, though. Um, I'm a Brock Purdy fan. I don't want people to think that I wanted him to get benched at all, but like, it's exciting to see what Sam ha- Darnold is. And this is the best way to see him because... If he play, if he's if he stinks, you can easily plug Brock Purdy back in there, and the future is solid. I think that's massive news, massive news, and I, I don't want to add a topic to this week's show, but I feel like we might because I have a different team to talk about about sort of teams coming back. I like like let's just make this very clear right now. We're we're recording this on a Wednesday night. Like we talked about, obviously, as you said, Mark the whole Scahill podcast. They have a huge game this week. That is a massive game and nobody's really talking about it. Like this Niners team that were unstoppable two weeks ago could potentially be going three games in a row defeated. Is this your team? No. So, uh, okay, so we're going to look at it, a topic. Go for it, go for it. Yeah, we're, we're going to look at a topic now about teams, big teams that need a bounce back this week. 
And if you want to use that as a bonus for uh, to talk about Sam Darnold, the 49ers are a team that are definitely that fit the uh, fit the bill for what we're looking for here. One of the big teams that lost over the weekend. There was plenty of them. We all want to choose one and say which one we need personally to see the biggest um, improvement from again this week. Or bounce back is the better way of looking at it. Well, has anybody got the Niners? Yeah, I'll, I'll take that cue. It's completely changed. I'll take that cue. Just... Yeah, yeah. You need to read that WhatsApp one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, you even took my line there. Uh, good teams don't lose two weeks in a row, but uh, the 49ers have lost two weeks in a row now when they're off for three weeks. So um, certainly if you're going to be a serious playoff contender and Super Bowl threat down the line, I'm not sure it's three weeks, three losses in a row. Uh, can't be too frequent. Last year they lost... Two in a row and bounced back by rattling off twelve wins, and to get in, uh, deep into the playoffs. Um, but this time, I think they have a tricky second half of their schedule where they're playing uh, teams like Jags, Eagles, Ravens, Seahawks twice, Rams again, um, and this week they have the Bengals, which is definitely a tough opponent. A team that's coming off a bye. Joe Burrow should be more well rested, and they were looking a lot better the couple of weeks before they had that bye. Um, so a huge game for the 49ers. And if they can't bounce back and get that win, they're going to be five and three out of nowhere. We were talking about them as being one of the best teams, if not the best team in the league two weeks ago. It shows how quickly things can change and it feels like things are changing uh, dramatically every other week uh, this year. But if that is the case and if they do drop to five and three, you, you almost say goodbye to the number one seed in the NFC already with the way the Eagles are playing, having just brushed off the Miami Dolphins. So I think it's just a huge week um, for the 49ers and they will be itching to shake off that loss. If Brock Purdy's out, then good luck to them is all I was saying. And not even just that with Joe Burrow, like having the week off, they had the week off to watch every other team in their division win a game. Even the Steelers won in, in LA. Not that that should be something to say like that, but they grinded out a victory at the end of it and they got quite lucky at the end of it. But my God, every other team wins and that division's so feisty. Mark, can I give my team before you drop in with your superb sexy analysis? Oh yeah, go away, go away. Or sorry, go ahead, not go away, go ahead. I'm going to make it very, very quick. Don't worry. The Dolphins are playing the Patriots this week. The Dolphins, we're, we're an interesting watching Sunday Night Football. I, I felt like a king on Monday morning after I put it on at 6 a.m. All right, do you know what? Do you know what? I'm going to go on my team first as a punishment for not reading. Oh my God, WhatsApp. you pick the Dolphins? Of course I pick the Dolphins. Right, well, of course then, I pick the Dolphins. Go you, because... go you in and, and then I'll give my feedback also. But uh, sorry, Mark. I, I'm. Uh, am I living on Frank and Honest this week? <laughs> it's, it's, it's three days before. Halloween holidays, so it's busy. My bad. Uh, you, you can go for if you can go for an if you want, but I do think that no, no, here to, go you first. All good, all good. They 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 need to bounce back. We wondered where the rush, the rush went for, or the sorry, the ground game went against the Eagles this week. Look, the Eagles are the best run defense in the league now, ahead of even the Detroit Lions after their performance last week. There's no reason that this Dolphins team should lack anything against the Patriots. Bill Belichick hasn't beaten Tua or yeah, has, hasn't beaten him. If we do some player comparisons, Mac Jones has thrown 600 yards fewer than Tua on the same number of attempts. Tariq Hill has, not, has 902 yards as Miami's leading receiver. Kendrick Bourne has 370. Ramondre Stevenson has three more rushing attempts than Raheem Mostert but only half the rushing yards and two TDs versus nine. 
These teams are operating on completely different levels. But the problem with the Miami Dolphins is they can absolutely take care of a New England Patriots team. But they've had two games that they could have made statements in. And that was against the Bills and the Eagles. And they lost both of those. Their statement win was obviously that massive, what, 70 to 20 win against the Denver Broncos. But like on their way to this 5-2 and two record that they have, who have they beaten? The Giants, the Chargers, the Broncos, the Panthers and the Patriots once. Then they have those losses against like the big time teams. That was the easier part of their schedule. They have now going forward, they have the Patriots obviously this week. They have the Chiefs. We're going to see them in Germany in a couple of weeks. To end the year, their three last games are the Cowboys, the Ravens, the Bills. In between there, you have the Jets twice. You have the Raiders. You have Washington Titans. They definitely have what looks to be a run or a path through to the playoffs. But like, I want to see them, yeah, continue to dominate these smaller, these minnow teams compared to themselves. But, like, they need to set themselves up well for the Chiefs next week because if they lose to the Chiefs and it's like, hold on a minute, they're able to take care of easy business, but then they've lost against anyone that you could consider remotely a powerhouse. I mean, give me a break. That's that's not, you know, what top of the power rankings a few weeks ago is, you know? Well, I have to say, just to jump, and thank you for bringing that up. Where do you have the Broncos this week after winning the game? After beating the Messiah and Jordan Love? They beat the the Bears one. Everyone around them won. Everyone around them won. Hold on. I heard the thing. <laughs> I, I knew this was coming up and I was like, it's gonna be ass of me. So it's like what what other results had we around there? It's like, yeah, Lana Tampa Bay would have been around them. Um I, I actually don't have the, the list quite to hand. But um, everyone around them won. There was no way. No, oh, here we go. So anyone, them, man. anyone, Caroline was on the bike. Chicago won. The Giants won. The Patriots won. They were all ahead of them. Um, yeah, I think I was spot on in my placement of the Denver Broncos, who just about got past a Packers team who fell harshly to the bottom 16 of the power rankings this week. Shout out to Dark Harger. How you doing, my man? Up. Up Cully Hanna. They won the championship last week there. He's still in the pints now. Um, j- just to jump on what you said about the Dolphins, and sorry for not reading WhatsApp properly, Mark. It's, it's a hard knock life these days, mate. <laughs> um, I think you're, you're, you're spot on there now, but if they you know, win this week and then lose next week, that whole I feel like that whole the score starts. You know, they can't beat the big boys. And I think sometimes, as much as I like Mike McDaniel, and as much as I you know, like, as much as I am interested in the whole Vic Fangio theory and effect with what he does with the defense, I feel like this Miami team, because of what they are and where they are, get a little bit of special treatment when it comes to this. And it's like, well, let's see what happens. This is a massive two weeks for them. Like this game is massive because okay. yes, the Patriots had the had the advantage last week of being in New England at Foxborough in a Hall of or the 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 Ring of Honor or Hall of Fame or whatever the hell it's called weekend. It was a big, it was a great sort of celebration for the Patriots fans and the fans were up for it. The offensive line performed so much better, but it's a whole different kettle of fish when they're going to Miami this weekend. If they can take it up to them, the spread in eight is minus nine and a half at the time of recording. Unreal, because that that transforms their season. Let's be very like if New England win this weekend, that completely flips the script. I will say this about the Dolphins, and I'll not go too much into it. When the Dolphins win games, they have an average points per game on the offense of forty point six points. Their defense gives up twenty one point six points, but when they lose games, on average, their, their offense only scores eighteen and a half points. Their defense gives up forty points. They seem to have a real trap game scenario when they're losing. This is a massive game for them this weekend. And I can tell you right now, 
and I did not say this a week ago, so people can call me out on it right now. The New England Patriots are going in that game and not on the lose. No fear whatsoever. Nobody is giving them a rat's chance in hell this weekend. Go out and see how you get on. I think they might take them closer. But can I just, can we end the podcast on this? Because it's funny you said at the start, Mark, about how certain things happen whenever we're recording or just after. Like, Schefter is literally just, it's extremely likely that Sam Darnold now plays on Sunday for the Niners. And we don't do picks. We're not like that. We don't base a 60-minute podcast or 120-minute podcast around picking games. Nobody cares who we're going to pick. But me, me and Jeff will pick things on Friday. So listen to that, folks, for the crack. There's a little coffee on Friday morning. But I'd love to hear, boys, just very quickly, who wins the Bengals-Niners game if Sam Darnold's playing? I think I think the Niners win it with Sam Darnold. What do you think, Mark? I, t- I, I think that they still have a right chance there. Like, I obviously said what I said before the season. I think Sam Darnold should slot straight into this system and the funny thing is, and it's completely the Bengals' offense. How bad were they to start the year? They have the worst offense in terms of yardage in the league right now, as we stand here. So it's like if we're talking about a 49ers team that wants to have a back, bounce back performance, a couple of guys like Travarius Ward sticks out as someone that got kind of embarrassed now over the weekend. I would still put it on, even if your quarterback out is out. That defense, and I know obviously the Bengals have a fantastic defense themselves, but the 49ers is a step above again. And if they can't put the team on its back when it needs to be, when your quarterback is gone, I mean, that's that's some serious red flags for the 49ers for me. Jason, give us your Corconian big pick. I had a whole thing there, it didn't work. Um, I'm going to... Yeah, there's a lot of... Kyle Shanahan... Um... It'll be interesting to see what he can do with Sam Darnold when no other coach has managed to succeed. But I'm going with Joe Burrow. I think after the bye week now, if the 49ers aren't at their best, um, he'll have had two weeks uh, looking looking and preparing against his defense. He's going to come back full of energy. And absolutely, yeah, I think I'm going to go with the Bengals now. I just can imagine big Joe Seeley towering over us, Mark, with these picks. The villa, we'll see. we'll see. I'm using my Joe Stady advice because I asked him what you think about uh, him being called a assistant quarterback, and he's like, Yeah, it is a system, and he does thrive on it. And I was like, Oh, well, didn't think that's what you're gonna say, but you gave me the answer, so let's go. <laughs> Mark, give us your headache for the week. I completely forgot about the whole segment. My bad. Uh, do you know what? I will kind of phone in a little bit, but I think too it is the headache for Bill Belichick hasn't been them yet and will obviously want to. We don't know how many more chances Bill's going to have at doing it. So I think, like, yeah, obviously, like you are saying there about it's pivotal for the Patriots season if they're able to get over the line. Absolutely 100% agree with that. And I think as a result, Tua for Bill Belichick is a headache for me this week. Jason? Yeah, I was looking at a few different rookie, rookie wide receivers this week. Uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba had a good game against the Cardinals last week. And Jordan Addison really had a breakout game. But I'm going to go with Zay Flowers, um, mainly because they're against that Arizona secondary, which is just an absolute mess right now. Marco Wilson and Cottrell Carrick at cornerback haven't been getting the job done. Rookie Sterling Thomas, the fifth, played a full game last week after barely touching the field all year. They've just released the safety, who's played 80% of snaps this year, Kevon Wallace. Um, so, yeah, that's just a... Wide receiver's dream right now is that Cardinal secondary. Zay Flowers has had 48 or more yards in every game, but he hasn't cracked 78. To be this deep into a season and be in that range of 48 to 78 yards is a bit strange. I think this is the week where we really see him um, crack 100 and 
go off and make some headlines. It's the battle of the NFL global markets team this this week with uh, the Steelers against the Jags who are both in Northern and the Republic um, markets and they're playing each other in Pittsburgh. The next time Pittsburgh have an away game, boys, we're going to be in Croke Park on the Schlugs. Oh, oh on the... Sh- on the slug, so yeah, no, uh, that event is, it's funny, we we have events coming up the whole time, whether it's Germany over the next two weeks, but that one's coming into the, obviously coming into focus, and when we see what the 49ers put on in London already last week, I'm really excited for anyone that's gone along to that. The guests are worth the wait. And I can't say anything else, are going to be killed. Right, it's going to be, no, honestly, it's going to be an unbelievable night, folks, so um, if you got a ticket to that, you're going to love it. You're going to love it. I hope nobody's watching this 47 minutes in. Remember when Najee Harris was like the lead, by far the lead running back in Pittsburgh? Well, Jalen Warren is going to run over the Jacksonville Jaguars this week. And the Jags are going to lose to the Steelers. And the inevitable crumble down of the Jacksonville Jaguars starts this week. I'm only joking. It's not going to happen. I have the Steelers winning the game. I think the run game will be efficient. I think it'll get over the line, but I think Jalen Warren breaks out. I, like, frankly, it's RB1, RB1 at the minute for me with Warren and Najee, but I think Warren has a week, and I'm taking the Steelers to beat the Jacksonville Jaguars. What do I know? I only picked the Giants and the... Uh, who, who was it last week? I've literally forgot that. I had this all in my head now, and it's gone. Anyone, anyone that... Anyone the Giants that... and the Bears last week. I'm telling everybody now, at the end of this show this week, that the Jaguars are going to lose to the Steelers. As you said, who cares about our picks? But while I was going four and nine Ooh. and losing my uh, my lead that I built up over the first few weeks, Jason went five and eight. He went eight and five, which is absolutely outrageous. Picking Baltimore to win, who was a favorite. Chicago, who's not a favorite. You had the Giants, who wasn't a favorite. And, oh, yeah, whatever. I made a boss job of that. But, Jay, you went Keep eight going. and five. Keep going. I'm loving this. Well, the, the rest of the, the, the rest them. space right now for those who are just listening. <laughs> Looking I back went, at it now, they kind of seem obvious. I literally picked against the Rams. I picked, I picked the Rams because I thought people would be like, oh, he keeps picking the Steelers, this prick. And look what happened. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What can I say? Um, you are now the king and you will be the king until one of us is able to overtake you. So uh, and, and, I, ca- I cannot Tuesday believe. <laughs> I, I cannot believe. I had like a, I had like a six point lead over you only last week. Like that's like, literally. Oh, whatever way to go you big shout out to Michaela because I was talking about this on the Pex podcast big week for her last week interested making, us, I'm, I'm... making us all look good <laughs> right, okay <laughs> shout out hi Michaela hi Connor I'm back with M2 Sunday night slash Monday morning and um, if you see me in Spain next week give me a shout but for now Michael McQuaid Mark Hogan Jason Hayes big thanks to 88 Sport we will see you next week in Frankfurt Germany for the Chiefs against the Dolphins. I'm crying even thinking about it. Boys, good luck next week in this podcast. I don't want any Tyrone Guff. I don't want any anti Northern talk. I want good crack, good topics. I'm joking. Chat to you soon, boys. Have a good one. Thanks everyone for listening. Have a great weekend. Enjoy week eight of the season, folks. <laughs>